that's the only way to be a plaintiff's lawyer. You have to go in their living room. You have to go to their house. You have to break bread with them. You have to spend time with them. You have to understand their story, their pain, their suffering, and not just the client, not just the victim. It's the families. Genuine connections between attorneys and plaintiffs translate into true empathy in front of a jury. So you want to get the the stories from all of those folks and help tell that story to a jury. And when you go into a courtroom and you can stand up in an opening statement and say, I've sat in Wayne's living room. I've sat in Amy's living room. I've had dinner with them. That is such an advantage for a lawyer. And our job is to help them relate. You're listening to Personal Injury Mastermind, where we give you the tools you need to take your personal injury practice to the next level. Brandon Yosha's first case was the stuff of legends. Just five weeks after graduating from law school, he was entrusted to deliver the opening statement and try a case against a true Goliath, Indianapolis Power and Light. The verdict, $20.3 million. Brandon is a rising star. He has served over 100 clients since passing the bar in 2019. On today's episode, Brandon and I cover making deeper client connections before trial and the importance of building relationship equity. We also dive into the often overlooked marketing tactics like TikTok and newsletters that have high potential for huge impact. I'm your host, Chris Dreyer, founder and CEO of Rankings.io. We help elite personal injury attorneys dominate first page rankings with search engine optimization. Being at the forefront of marketing is all about understanding people. So let's get to know our guest. Here's Brandon Yosha, attorney at Yosha Cook and Tish, on the mentors that helped him navigate his first case. Just five weeks after graduating from law school, you were entrusted to deliver an opening statement for a case that would result in a damage amount of $20 million, $20.3 million against a true Goliath, Indianapolis Power and Light. What did you think it would be like? You know, how is it different from your actual experience? You know, tell me about that. Chris, well, first of all, it was beginner's luck. I had a lot of support and so many mentors who helped me prepare for this first case. I watched my dad growing up in the courtroom and I saw his delivery and his connection with a jury and how he was able to tell our client's story to a jury. You know, I, I got a general sense of things, how to be the best advocate for your client in the courtroom. Um, at a young age, but it's a little bit different when you're the one standing up there and delivering the message and being the advocate. One thing that really stuck out to me was just how much the defense attorneys throw mud at you and at your clients and how difficult they make your lives. And I, I learned that for the first time in that, in that trial, because it was a two week trial. So let's talk about you you connecting with clients in like a human and genuine way. You know, so how did how did you make this connection to your clients? How did you tell that story to the jury? You know, what did that process look like when you're thinking about it when you're approaching it? You want to always place yourself in your client's shoes. And when you can do that, magic happens for the client and magic happens for you as a plaintiff's lawyer, a trial lawyer. You have to ask yourself, if that were me, if that were my wife, if that were my child, if that were my brother, my sister, if that were me, what would I want? And what would I think is is fair and reasonable and 
just, what's just compensation for what I've gone through, what my family's gone through. I wouldn't expect discounted justice. I would expect full justice. And I try to place myself in their shoes as best I can. That's the only way to be a plaintiff's lawyer. You have to go in their living room. You have to go to their house. You have to break bread with them. You have to spend time with them. You have to understand their story, their pain, their suffering, and not just the client, not just the victim. It's the families. It's the brothers, the sisters. Everyone's affected by this catastrophic injury. It's not just the name plaintiff. So you want to get the the stories from all of those folks and help tell that story to a jury. And when you go into a courtroom and you can stand up in an opening statement and say, I've sat in Wayne's living room. I've sat in Amy's living room. I've had dinner with them. That is such an advantage for a lawyer. And when you can say that, it helps you connect on a human level. And naturally, human beings are good people. There's not a lot of people that are true, just evil, evil-minded. Anybody can relate with another human being on some level. And our job is to help them relate. So I know I, that was a long-winded answer. <laughs> I Well, I was hanging on to every word you said. I think even how you delivered that to me, it felt real. It felt like you you really cared. And I got that sense just from you telling it, you know, that, that emotional intelligence, that imp, that true empathy. I think that's a lost art too. I think with now with digital marketing and we're just, we're just kind of disconnected, right? We're on our devices and technology. And I think that there's more value in communication and empathy and, and EQ more so than ever before. And I think that when you're trying to convey that to the jury and you know they're going to trust you more when like hey I've been in their house I can speak to this very confidently. So let's talk about you know mentorship and values. You know I'd like to go even further back, you know in a time where we talk about the importance of mentorship and shared values. You were thrown into the ring, you know, a, a trial by fire. Luckily you had some incredible mentors from the team at Trial Lawyers for Justice and you had other mentors. So tell me about mentorship, how it's developed your skills and and uh, your approach to being a personal injury attorney. Yeah, Chris, I'm extremely fortunate because I've had some tremendous mentors. In law school, I read Running with the Bulls, which is a book that uh, Nick and Courtney Raleigh wrote. And my first year of law school, I was introduced to that book and I was preparing for moot court and I wanted to be a trial lawyer just like my dad. I read Nick Raleigh's book and I was like, gosh, this guy is a stud. He is amazing. I want to be just like him. I want to be just like, you know, my dad. And I want to learn from these guys. So, you know, I read his book and after I get admitted uh, to practice law, I think it was two days after I got admitted, my dad told me, Brandon, you're giving the opening statement on our trial that's set six weeks from today, five and a half weeks from today. And I had worked on the case a little bit in law school uh, and met with the clients in law school, but I, you know, I had never given an opening statement <laughs> in a courtroom. So I, I reached out to Nick. I sent him an email. I never spoke with him before. And I said, Nick, I just got admitted two days ago. I've read your books. I've followed you and your philosophy. 
and I need your help. And he responds, I think within 10 minutes. And he says, call me. (laughs) So I call him, I tell him the entire story. And he says, we're going to fly out to Indianapolis and we're going to help you prepare for this one. And sure enough, two days later, later, they fly into Indianapolis and help me. And he critiques my rehearsed opening statement. He looks at the visuals that I was going to show the jury. He's like, I don't like this. And I don't like how you deliver this. And he's hard on me too. He was very hard on me and he was very critical, but he's the reason why I understood and why I understand the value of going to someone's living room, going to someone's house, spending the time with the family, gathering the human stories, understanding what their childhood looked like, understanding what it looked like five years before, understanding what it looked like at their wedding and their, at their happiest of moments, and trying to convey that and connote that happiness to a jury. So Nick was a tremendous influence on my life. That's incredible. And first of all, I got to applaud you that, that the book had an impact on you and then you reached out. Most individuals that would have never even replied to the email, much less said, hey, call me. And then they fly out to visit you. And then truly like what a, you know, what a, what an amazing act. I think that there's a lot of power there. You're in a unique position here, right? You get to practice with Buddy Yosha you know, who has nearly 60 years of experience in personal injury law and a stellar reputation who, who also happens to be your father, you know, so let's talk about that dynamic. You know, what values has he installed in you to make you a better attorney? Yeah. Big shoes to fill, right? He pushes me every day too. Um, listen, uh, Nick critiqued my opening statement, but buddy critiqued it even harder. <laughs> he has shaped my character as a person and he's always been an advocate for the little guy, for the Davids of the world going up against Goliath. And Buddy showed me at a very young age that it doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter what your background is, your education. We're all human beings and we all have human suffering and human experiences and pain and empathy. He's always instilled empathy into me. And I think he's represented probably Chris 3,000 clients over the course of his career in central Indiana. And we'll get phone calls from people and they'll, they'll say, I, I don't, I don't want a lawyer. I just wanted to tell you guys that buddy Yosha helped me 15 years ago when no one else would. And he was an amazing lawyer that would take my call and he got me justice or 30 times what the insurance company was offering me in a 10 minute phone call. And we've had multiple people call in like that because we started to push our marketing a little bit more and have a stronger presence on social media. And people see it on social media and they're like, I'm going to call just to say, hey, buddy, help me when no one else would. So I have very big shoes to fill. I don't think I'll ever be able to fully fill them. But all of my empathy that I have in my life comes from, you know, my dad. The attorneys at Yosha Cook & Tish have touched thousands of lives and has a combined 120 years of experience. I wanted to know the most important lesson Brandon has learned from his colleagues so far. Just understanding that you're not another number in a spreadsheet. 
like the insurance companies view you as you're a human being. And I think there's a system that these insurance companies use. It's called Colossus. And this system is a calculation that inputs your medical specials and your medical bills and what type of injury you had. And they mark up your file literally as a number, not as a human being with a photo. And all of our clients in our case management software, they have a photo and their family members are in that photo. It's a human. It's not a number in a spreadsheet. And I think that's the biggest lesson with the 120 years of combined experience. All of those years are representing the humans. I think a lot of times in business, we talk about lead generation and all these marketing tactics, but to some degree, those relationships have relationship equity, right? And it's not from like a deceptive or or bad way. It's like a good way. Like it, it compounds like this individual had a great experience and maybe he never gets another accident in his life, but then he knows someone that does and he can strongly recommend your firm. And I think that kind of doesn't get touched on a lot. We had Luis Scott on from Bader Scott several episodes ago. And one of the things that he talked about was, hey, they just try to break even because if they get the case, they know they're going to get more referrals in the future. And I think right. with your, the way that you're bonding and connecting with these clients, like I imagine when you go to ask for a review, it's not like breaking their arm. It's like they're happy and more than happy to give that review. Absolutely. And, and I would say 40% of our client generation is from referrals, whether it be client referrals or professional referrals. Um, you know, and, and we've, since we've represented, Buddy has represented thousands of personal injury victims in Indiana. We're sitting on a gold mine, essentially, when we have all of those emails and phone numbers and addresses of past clients, we send out a newsletter t- to keep them informed and let them know we're still alive and we're still here and we can still help. And a lot of our new intakes mention the fact that buddy or our firm has represented a relative of theirs, family member of theirs. And you're exactly right. Referral equity is, is huge. I mean, pay-per-click, you know, local service ads and all of those lead drivers are great, but I mean, you're going to have sustainable ROI, long-term ROI. If you can deliver exceptional experiences for the client and then they tell their friends, their relatives, you know, in the word of mouth communication of your reputation procedure. Yeah, that viral word of mouth. I mean, that's the strongest marketing there is. And, you know, when you when we talk about cost per acquisition and things like that, I mean, you're just not going to beat referral. It's the best there is. The newsletter, you know, do you send it weekly? Do you send it monthly? How has the newsletter impacted the business? Yeah, we send it once a month and we send it via email. We send it a printed version to all of our past and current clients. And people always say, hey, I saw the newsletter. I, you know, I, I love getting the updates. And we try to provide updates on new laws that are being incorporated or results that we have recently got for a past client that might be in a similar situation to a current client. And it helps a lot. They get that newsletter, I'm sure. And then they say, when they go to dinner that night, hey, I just got a newsletter from Yosha Law. I, you, you were in a car accident. You were in a, you, you had a slip and fall. You should call Yosha Law. I just saw that newsletter and, you know, they helped us a long time ago. And it's that top of mind awareness. And my cousin 
is Jay Abraham, who is a guru, a marketing guru. He's one of the brightest minds out there when it comes to marketing. And he talks about preeminence and the theory of preeminence and being top of mind all the time. And even if it's subconsciously, you know, when you're sending out a newsletter, it's more about the subconscious than it is the conscious. You want to establish your preeminence and you want people to, whenever that that moment comes where they need a lawyer and they've been involved in an act of negligence and they don't know who to trust, they don't know what to do, and the insurance company's treating them like crap, then in that moment, they will connect, you know, the subconscious mind will connect to Yosha Law. And that's what Jay has taught me. And he's very generous with his time. I think his hourly rate's (laughs) $50,000. But as my cousin, he gives me uh, the family discount of $0. And I'm grateful for that. But yeah. That's fantastic. And you knew I was going to bring up Jay Abraham. And yeah, last time I checked, because I went to his website before I even knew that you had a relationship with him. And I was checking on his coaching program. And I I think it's $60,000 now for that discovery session. I was like, well, I'm sure it's worth it. I mean, he coached Tony Robbins. He coached Damon John, numerous high profile. uh, I think he was the individual did the OxyClean, I believe. I I know he's just done some monumental... I see hot. That's yeah. that's the one I was thinking of. I see hot. Just monumental campaigns. And he had he was one of the pioneers on those newsletters as a distribution strategy, utilizing other individuals' newsletters. So I think that's great that he passed that on. And you know, I think that any PI firm that's listening that's not doing a newsletter, it's look, you can go to Constant Contact or Mailchimp, and you can do it for practically nothing. You already got the material out there, and you just stay top of mind. I, I think it's just phenomenal. It's one of the best marketing tactics you could do. I, I do applaud you though, you know, do the print version too. You know, that little extra it's step. A, and it, yeah, it's $1 to print out. So we have a, a, a vendor we work with and it's $1 per newsletter. One dot. So if you send it out to 500 people, it's $500, but wow. it's literally $1 to print out the newsletter and it's professionally done and it arrives to their house for $1. Yeah. And for those of you listening and Brandon yourself, uh, don't uh, be surprised if uh, you start getting a newsletter in your inbox because I'm going to talk to Brandon about this afterwards. Yeah. So let's uh, let's hit the uh, digital marketing a little bit too. So uh, the one thing that I see your firm doing incredibly well is you're doing really well on video, uh, particularly on YouTube and then social media. And you guys are doing TikTok too. So let's first, YouTube. Your channel has nearly 70,000 views across dozens of videos. So you know, what's some top level, just general advice on video marketing? Uh, how do you see that make an impact for your firm? Oh, it's the future. I think YouTube more than any other is the future of digital marketing. We have seen so much traffic come in to our site from YouTube. You know, like you said, we have 70,000 views, but every video has, if you do it correctly, has a link in the first line or the second line in the description, which the viewer can click on. And if you're creating videos that are related to uh, the link, it's an excellent way to drive new traffic in. And once they subscribe, you're going to be on their feed a lot. And YouTube has been great. YouTube, second only to the parent company Google, is one of the largest search engines. 
and an obvious choice for exposure. But the true advantage of video content for law firms over blog posts or articles is this. Video helps build rapport with potential clients and increase trust. An added bonus, longer videos on YouTube can be cut down and repurposed for other social platforms like Instagram and TikTok. I wanted to hear more about Brandon's experience with marketing the firm on TikTok. Yeah, I, I, we tried on TikTok, we try to post a combination of educational content, informative content, and then, you know, entertaining content, funny content, and having a good time with creating these, these videos. And we, we just recently started doing TikTok. One of uh, our new brand managers who just joined our firm, she's a former actor, and uh, she has a production mind and she's very creative and she's helped with uh, producing our TikToks and the office morale is up by doing it. It's just fun. It's something that helps us, you know, in a, in a tough day when we're in the middle of trial prep uh, to be able to create something funny and lighthearted. I think TikTok specifically, I think it's there's a misconception like it started off with musically you know being acquired and it had a younger demographic but it's starting to expand personally i love tiktok it kind of can just consume your time but i think the algorithm is better than practically any social media network out there when you go to instagram or you go to facebook you're going to see who you're following and and maybe some of their activity that's been engaged upon but what i like about tiktok is it it will show you information about what your interests. So if you do a search for say law, you're going to see more law TikToks. You see in it, you know, do one on sports, you're going to see more sports. And it's mm -hmm. a, it's a bit different than like Instagram and how Facebook's algorithms work. So I think it could be the future. I think it's one of those early channels that, you know, you could be an early adopter and really get a lot of visibility there before it gets just so saturated, like, you know, every other marketing channel. Yeah. My, my position in on it is why not? You know, it's just, it's another opportunity to get in front of people and, and seem approachable. And especially in light of COVID, you don't have as much interaction with clients, interaction with people. You have to, you have to adopt to those different channels and, and whatever uh, people are using. And I, I realize TikTok's a younger target audience, but we got clients that are younger. You know, we have clients that are 15, 16, 17, who get hit by a car, hit by a truck. When they see on their TikTok feeds, a lawyer that's informing them and a lawyer that is authoritative while also having a good time and providing some entertainment, they're going to call you instead of the guy they see on the billboard or you know the, the settlement mill on TV at all hours of the day. Yeah, it's the, the epitome of the no like trust, right? They're like, oh, well, he's, he's, I could like this individual. He's on this channel. He's, you know, he's, he's funny. They're entertaining. And the thing I think about marketing just in general is like, where does attention, where does attention live? It's where does it congregate? Well, there's a lot of attention on TikTok. So maybe they don't have the monetization and the ads, you know, down 100%, but like there's a lot of attention, a lot of visibility there. So I think it's a great channel. You know, Brandon, this has been fantastic. I got, I got two final questions here. You know, for so first, the big one: What does success as an attorney mean to you? Just never settling cheaply and not taking the the quick buck. 
for somebody or for a client and always golden ruling yourself and saying, you know, if this were me, what would I want? Uh, what, what would I expect? And I can't do it. Like I, I have so many cases that get into litigation because the insurance company, you know, they treat our clients horribly and the value they place on their injuries. So, you know, and that, that's one thing is the, the insurance industry, the court backlog from COVID is starting to catch up to them and courts are opening back up and we're getting to the point now where, okay, they're going to have to pay the piper. And for me to answer your question, you know, success to me is to, to hold them accountable, make sure we're getting full compensation for our clients and no matter how long it takes. You know, the thing I hear, it's selfless. I heard that at the very beginning of our interview. It's them, them, them. And, and it's, you know, if they succeed, you succeed. So I love that. First of all, that's, that shows a lot of integrity that shows, you know, that, that you really care. And what is next for you and Yosha Cook and Tish? We are in the process of uh, expanding in Indiana. We want to have a, an office set up in Fort Wayne permanently. So we have a satellite office there now, but we also want to have two attorneys there full-time and South Bend as well, basically expand throughout the whole state of Indiana and not just Indianapolis. Maybe one day, you know, move into some other states, but definitely expanding beyond central Indiana. I love that the values of empathy and connection instilled in Brandon from such a young age continue to guide his practice. A few takeaways from Brandon. Ask for help and seek out mentors. See clients not just as a case file or a number, but as a whole person. Get to know their family and friends, learn their stories. In an ever-distracted world, making the genuine connections sets firms apart. Maintain the relationship even after trial and ask for referrals. Keep your firm top of mind through the inexpensive, social and traditional channels like YouTube and printed newsletters. I'd like to thank Brandon Yosha from Yosha Cook and Tish for sharing his story with us. And I hope you gain some valuable insights from the conversation. You've been listening to Personal Injury Mastermind. I'm Chris Dreyer. If you like this episode, leave us a review. We'd love to hear from our listeners. I'll catch you on next week's PIM with another incredible guest and all the strategies you need to master personal injury marketing.